0: Hey, my friend, welcome along to the Medicinal Chef's Nutrition Nuggets podcast, helping you get clarity on nutrition. I'm Dale Pinnock, the Medicinal Chef, best selling author, nutritionist, and creator of Nutrition Coaching Monthly. Every week here in the podcast, I'm going to be answering your questions and discussing key topics around the field of nutrition to help give you clarity and to expand your knowledge. Hey, folks, how you doing? Hope you guys are good, you've had a great week. Um, firstly, sorry about the uh, slightly poorer than usual sound quality on this one. For those of you guys that are catching this on YouTube, you can see I'm obviously recording outside here in beautiful sunny Cyprus, which has kind of led me to be doing this week's episode around this particular subject. It's something that you guys have asked me about quite a lot, and I have given various answers across social media over the years but i thought i'd just do a little succinct thing on it and that is staying healthy when you're traveling pretty easy generally it doesn't have to be complicated it doesn't have to be uh difficult if you're in that headspace i personally do you know do tend to relax a little bit more when i'm away i don't always get super strict with things but it's very very easy to stick to your guns when you're traveling if you so desire so here are a few things that can keep you in the game so Starting off with, of course, the flight. I am lucky enough to do quite a lot of long-haul flights throughout the year and short-haul ones as well, and I always feel pretty rotten after the flight. That's generally a given. One of the big things is that flying does really dehydrate you for several reasons. Firstly, you're sat stationary for a very, very long period of time. Also, changes in cabin pressure, things like that, all affect the rate in which you actually... Retain fluids and how f- fast fluid moves through the kidney. So, staying hydrated and probably slightly beyond your normal hydration level will actually help you out there because it will it will help you to kind of move things a little faster, should we say? It will keep you peeing it will actually keep keep you beyond a normal state of hydration, which actually helps you to let go of some of that fluid which you will retain. One thing that you really should try and avoid when you're on a plane, obviously, is alcohol that's something that a lot of people do try do kind of enjoy on a long-haul flight I mean I don't drink anymore so it doesn't really bother me but it can be very very tempting to kind of hit the drinks trolley as soon as it comes around but that will just amplify things and your hangover will be a hundred times worse so try and avoid that try to go beyond your normal point of hydration and you'll pee a little bit more and you shouldn't hold on to as much fluid as you would if you just sat there or just drunk coffee or just drunk loads and loads of beer or whiskey or whatever so that's right at the beginning of the journey so when you actually arrive somewhere, generally, what I have found, particularly, I mean, obviously, if you're visiting countries like you know, like the the US or whatever, then you know you've got the same kind of choices as we have. But what I generally find when I get to a lot of destinations is, if you opt for local traditional cuisine, you'll tend to be in the best place. I mean, somewhere here, like where I am now, there are so many places that are just kind of catering for um, for, for the British palate you know you're walking around and it's just like chips with this chips with that chips and beer chips and beer obviously if you go near that you're gonna you know you're gonna be scuppered but opt in for local produce like here in Cyprus we've got a lot of beautiful traditional greek food there's like the hummus and the tzatziki and the beautiful salads and lightly cooked fish dishes and amazing seafood all of this beautiful stuff generally if you look for those traditionally made dishes you will always find good healthy options okay number three this is something that you probably won't hear people say very often particularly in the context of health but when you're in hotter climates this is one time when it can actually pay to increase your sodium intake a little bit okay so what i generally tend to do is put you know i I mean i always salt my food anyway you've those of you that have kind of seen me cook it or seen me cook on tv or whatever you'll see that i always put Salt in the food. I'm not one of these these people that's scared of salt at all because the food's got to taste good. So I always salt the food when I'm here. But I put a little pinch of salt in my water because you will lose more sodium than normal when you're sweating, and if you lose too much sodium, you can start to feel a little bit lightheaded. So if you've if you've ever had those experiences where you've been hot all day, you're sweating all day, and by the mid afternoon, you can start to feel a little bit heady and a little bit like you've got a washing machine between your ears that can be a drop in sodium so a little pinch of salt in your water it makes the water a little bit more isotonic as well so it gives it like a bit more of a an electrolyte hit but also it will help to keep your sodium topped up really really important thing another thing this that i mean i i spoke about this in an earlier podcast actually but this really really rings true when you're somewhere as hot as this right Try to eat more carotenoids. Now, the carotenoids, these are plant color pigments. Beta carotene, for example, it's the plant form of vitamin A. That gives like a deep orange hue to things like carrots, sweet potatoes, mangoes, orange melons, those kind of things. Those color pigments, the plant form of vitamin A, these can actually start to accumulate in the subcutaneous layer of the skin. So that's, that's the layer where you tend to have a lot of collagen and elastin fibers and a lot of structures that can become quite significantly damaged by ultraviolet radiation. There's been some evidence come to light over the last couple of years that a high intake of carotenoids can deliver some and let's emphasise the some here I'm not making any kind of ridiculous claims, some protection against ultraviolet radiation that means you still of course absolutely wear your sun protection without a shadow of a doubt you still are sensible with the amount of sun exposure that you have make sure you have some you want your vitamin d but there is some evidence to suggest that a good intake of carotenoids can help to protect some of those important structures in the skin from excessive free radical damage when exposed to ultraviolet radiation next thing i would say is try and eat a little lighter during the day if you're sitting there caning like a massive great burger and an absolute ton of chips or whatever something that's really really heavy you're going to feel really sluggish and in that kind of heat you're just not going to have any energy to do anything you're going to feel rotten opting for lighter meals during the day just going to help you to feel less fatigued when the sun is at its highest point when you're you know you're sweating buckets and you've got to walk about and actually do stuff you're going to feel more able to be active But also, you know, it gives you a great chance to opt for some of these nutrient-dense salads and stuff that you'll find in these kind of resorts. Then the final thing, something that I always do a consistent practice, about a week or so before I go away, I always hit a good quality probiotic, a good broad strain probiotic, like multi-strain, multi-culture. So I use things like, like BioCult, for example, that's got like 14 different strains in it don't just take one single strain don't just take like acidophilus or something like that there's remember there can be anywhere between 500 and a thousand different species of commensal bacteria living within your gut at any one period of time like all of us have different you know ratios of the different types but if you're just taking huge amounts of one particular species and strain you can create an imbalance so try and get a good multi-strain probiotic start about a week or so before you go and if you want to take some with you as well then you know that can sometimes be a good move for people that tend to be a little bit sensitive you do obviously so obviously open yourself up to more bugs and opportunistic uh like waterborne pathogens as you travel around you know that's that's something that happens from time to time and then some probiotics can just help to keep some of those things at bay so really really simple tips nothing particularly outlandish obviously when you're away you've got to enjoy yourself you've got to kind of go for it a little bit but if you do want to stick to your you know your healthier regime and you've got specific goals in mind those few tips can put you in a good place so until next week my friends see you later